Hey day doers, before I jump into the episode, I gotta tell you about something exciting that I'm working on over here. My birthday is Friday, October 19th, 2018, and I will turn 40 years old. That's right, the big 4-0. Now, I didn't wanna just celebrate my birthday, I wanted my birthday to have an impact, just like I want everything I do to have an impact, like this podcast, my book, everything. So what's the impact? Well, for those who've read my book, you probably know that The Way Do A Day got its name is by my experimentation or my attempt to go vegan. I did it in a day, and I did it by saying, I can do anything for a day. See, I've been making all these excuses about all these different situations down the road where it would be too hard, but I realized none of those things is happening, and I can just do a day. And I did, and that was nearly four years ago. So I've been doing a day ever since around being vegan and a whole number of other things, but I want others to join me in that trial of being vegan, even if it's for just today. So rather than just talking about it, I figured, let's make it happen. Let's put some structure around it. Let me put a little skin in the game and throw some prizes at it. So I want to see as many people as possible join me on October 19th, 2018 for what I'm calling One Vegan Day, my 40th birthday. Join me by going to brianfalchuk.com slash one vegan day, and that's spelling the word one out, O-N-E-V-E-G-A-N-D-A-Y, brianfalchuk.com slash one vegan day. You can sign up. You can learn about the prizes that I'm putting in there. If I get at least 40 people, that's one for each year of my life. I will throw some books around, some really cool vegan books, including the one that sparked my turn in, or my attempt at going vegan, and it's turned me into a vegan, is uh, Rich Roll's Finding Ultra. You guys probably have heard me talk about Rich more than enough on this podcast and in my book. Um, but I will also give a signed copy of my book to all the winners. So check it out. There's going uh, to be an Instagram contest and more. So really easy. Just one day, Friday, October 19th, 2018. You may surprise yourself. It may be easier and more enjoyable than you think. That's kind of what I found. But you got to give it a try. So brianfalchuk.com slash one vegan day, sign up, join the movement, take the challenge and start to change your life one day. That's all I'm asking for. Awesome. All right. I'm going to stop promoting that and get you back into your regularly scheduled programming of the do a day podcast. But I got to a point where I just, I pulled over. I remember pulling over to the side of the road and sort of just taking off my helmet. I just sat there on my bike and just thought, what am I, what am I actually doing here? You know, what, what level of significance or meaning does this actually have in my life, but everyone else's lives too? Does it actually serve a great purpose? And I, I don't know, that's just the, sort of the feeling that I had. And then I looked at my future and I said, you know, is this something that I can see myself doing? And, and what is the purpose of this? Why, why would I be given this life to live it in this manner? You know, spending a majority of my time doing um, such activities. And that's really, for me, where I started to really question the why and really started to go, well, you know, what's it all about? Why am I here? What's my purpose? Um, you know, what, what's it all for at the end of the day? And I started to delve deeper and deeper into that thoughts, the lack of meaning in that particular part of my job and saying, well, it's not the freedom so much I'm after. It's something deeper. It's, it's a level of meaning. Um, but I think more beyond that, and maybe it was just a, a process, um, there was some level of um, fulfillment and happiness that I was really after. And in doing what I was doing, it wasn't providing me that level of joy. That's Lee Martinuzzi, and I'm Brian Falchuk.
the Do A Day podcast, where you hear from the most inspiring people who have been through hard times, overcome them, and have turned around to help others with what they've learned. I'm your host, Brian Falchuk. I know because I've lived it myself. I've written about it in my book, Do A Day, and that's why I'm bringing you this show. Remember, today's a new day. Go out and do it. Hey, day doers. Welcome to another episode of the Do A Day podcast where I bring some really inspirational people who have figured out through challenge, through tough times, what really matters in life and how to go after what you truly want. My guest today is Lee Martinuzzi. Some of you may know him as the hidden why guy. So Lee has written a book called The Ultimate Life Map, and he's the founder of The Hidden Why. It's a podcast. It's, a, it's more than just that. It's a whole... Um, whole organization focused on helping people find their true purpose and you can find it at thehiddenwhy.com or leemartinutzi.com he is uh he's a philosopher he's a thought leader he's a mentor he's an author a speaker a researcher student of psychology neuroscience and human behavior he's a passionate guy about creating meaningful lifestyles and he's was really really um sneaky is the wrong word uh, maybe guarded or hidden, I guess, uh, keeping with the hidden why theme about what his story was. So I met Lee uh, through being on his show and, you know, got to know a little bit, just a teeny bit about him, but there's so much more to it. And I, I told him, you know, there's something about you. I really think you need to be on my show, but I, I don't know what your struggle was. I got to hear more about it. And he wouldn't answer me. I mean, he answered me, you know, he wrote back and all that, but he wouldn't tell me no matter how many times or different ways I asked, he never answered me. And it was just sort of like, you're going to have to find out. And I thought, you know, part of me was, was a little bit annoyed. And the other part of me was like, oh, that's, that's actually kind of cool. Cause then I'm in the moment as you're hearing it, as you're finding out, I'm hearing it too. And so my reaction is the same as yours. And he's got a cool story. And when you hear about what the hidden why is all about and, and his his focus on getting meaningful lifestyles for people or creating meaningful lifestyles and lives that, I love this phrase he uses, dissolve suffering and regret in favor of liberation, fulfillment, and happiness. You, you kind of get where, like where he came from and, and why that's his focus. So I love it. Um, really, really cool guy. Really cool story. And his message is important. So we're going to jump in with Lee Martinuzzi, the hidden why guy. Lee Martinuzzi, thank you for joining me here today. Brian, it's an absolute pleasure. Thanks for inviting me on. Yeah, you're the hidden why guy, and I want to unhide some of that why. I want to bring out what brought you to that point. But, you know, I, I uh, obviously from being on your show, I, I've gotten a little taste of what you're trying to do for the world, but I would love to just hear in a nutshell, what is this whole hidden why guy movement all about? Hidden Why Guy, yeah. Well, look, it, it comes from a bit of a story and personal journey on my own behalf, probably a selfish pursuit. Uh, and that's where I, you know, led to me creating the podcast, creating the blog initially as well. And now, you know, I really am passionate uh, about what I do and I'm really compassionate about trying to inspire, educate and assist others to creating a life with more meaning and sort of alleviating any of the suffering or pain that they feel in their day-to-day -day life, which I believe is really a case of, you know, self-incurred uh, behaviors and actions. Uh, and at least that's in my own personal experience. So the hidden why guy, uh, do you want me to share the whole story now? Or? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, why, why don't you take us through it? You, there were so many like nuggets I would have stopped you there where you're like passion and compassion. I was like, oh, I want to hear more about that. But yeah, what what brought you to that point? So what... yeah, well, stop me, stop me whenever you, you can. So basically, um, look, I've had a really blessed life, I believe. Um, had a great upbringing. I've got three elder brothers, good parents. Um, you know, I don't come from a broken home. I never was lying on the couch with $10 to my name. I'm not one of those stories. I'm probably a story like most other people that can relate to. Yes, we all have our, you know, our dramas that happen in our lives, uh, throughout our lives, and I've certainly had those, but nothing major, you know. I've never been to the brink of extinction and then sort of bounce back beyond that. Like most people, I, I think I went through uh, high school and then at the end of high school it was like freedom. I was released, and freedom is something that I've always been very passionate about. I love to, um, you know, be be independent. I love to take control of my life. That's, that feeling that I got when I was out of high school was just intense. It was overwhelming almost. And, you know, it was that sense of freedom. Here I am in the real world now. I can go out there and do whatever I wanted. And that was very, very powerful. And I think a lot of people can relate to that feeling. Uh, but not long after, um, because I was, I suppose, immature in, in, in my thought and uh, mind at the time, I found myself with a lot of, you know, pretty big life choices, you know, what to do next. And immediately when we have that level of freedom, there's a lot of uncertainty as well that comes with that. And that's certainly what I experienced at the time, perhaps a little unaware of it all. And I just tended to go, well, what am I going to do? And I, I wanted to follow my passions in my heart. Yeah. I tended to, you know, follow the crowd. I'm sure you can relate. Did you, so, can I just ask yeah. you something? Did you know what, when you talk about following the passions of your heart, did you know what those things were at such an early age? Because I'm guessing this is, you know, you're pretty young in the, relatively speaking, right? So a lot of people aren't in touch with maybe in, in the moment, but not the bigger picture, like who do I want to be or who am I? Did you have yeah, that I, sense? I yet? still don't think I have the, the right sense, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> That's half the fun, maybe. Look, Keep the no, journey. Look, yeah. Be, yeah, absolutely. That's the search, the search. And that's yeah. the thrill of life is that search. Um, and I think, you know, don't stop. I, I love the quote by um, Steve Jobs. I almost forgot the name then. Um, you know, he talked in his one of his commencement speech. He says, you know, if you haven't found what you love doing yet, um, don't stop the search. And I think that's really important. Um, and I still connect to that um, quite, quite often. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, at that time when I was, you know, released from the shackles of uh, – of my um, high school education, yeah, I didn't really know my passions. I'm sure I had those passions um, and and knew they existed, just wasn't connected to them and where they could perhaps take me in life. Um, and that, you know, creates part of that uncertainty. We 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 get developed so much at, um, in education, saying, yeah, you're good at you know science or you're good at maths or you're good at English, whatever it might be. And then these are the fields for you potentially that you'd like to go down. And we get influenced, you know, by our peers, by our parents um, of, you know, I think you'd be good at this. I think you'd be good at that. And that sort of directs um, the, the the future paths that we may be taking yeah. rather than actually looking within and go, hey, this is actually how I feel. And this is what I really like. Um, you know, what can I do around, you know, following that? Um, there was less of that guidance in my personal experience. Um, and I don't know. I think that's, that's perhaps shifting now, but certainly um, education yeah, you know, I think needs a fair bit of a shake-up. Mm. But look, I went out of there, had that uncertainty, and jumped on the path that I thought would be best for me based on, um, you know, the external expectations. So I went to university, 
Uh, my friends were doing university. I thought it was the best move for me. Um, so I jumped on that bandwagon too. And, and it's quite a bit of a, a process there as well, just going through the university. But eventually I did finish um, a degree at university. Um, and that was good for that, that time. You know, university was a great life. You know, yeah, it was, it was good. It was a really good life. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of that too, I felt like, you know, I was restricted still, still didn't have that freedom I wanted. I wasn't, you know, independent like I wanted to be. And I actually got offered to do an extended course um, for, for university, but I just couldn't see myself continuing for another year. I was sort of over it by that point mm. and just wanted to, to be out there. So I went traveling. And um, that traveling lasted another three or four years. So, um, Lee, when you let me ask you, yeah. with the independence, you said though, was that you mean financially or sort of uh, from a freedom and a self empowerment kind of standpoint? What, what kind of independence are you talking about? Yeah, look, financially, I think you know, I've always wanted you know financial freedom, but more so um, the freedom to just do what I wanted to when I wanted to. Yeah. Um, that self empowerment that you talk about, yeah. Um, you know, I, I always was good uh, at making a dollar from a very young age. Um, I started my first job when I was um, just under 13 years old. Um, and prior to that, I was, you know, an entrepreneurial type, making little trinkets and crafts and selling yeah. them at school. Um, so I've always had that, that work ethic and ability to make money. And I did that throughout my university years as well. So, yeah, look, um, financially, I've always been driven. Uh, but certainly freedom was a bigger part to be able to, to just use my time as I wanted to. I guess I'm, I'm quite time conscious. And um, that was really important to me is to be able to say, well, this is my time, this is my life, uh, and this is how I want to use it. Having that freedom to, to use that time in your own way, I think is, is really important. Okay, so you've, you've gotten out of university, you started traveling, you said three or four years, where does this all take you? So look, traveling was was a huge shift. I only expected to go over there sort of for a year um, just to, to get away and, and clear my head. I actually went to Japan and uh, ended up staying there for three and a half years because um, I just loved the life. I loved what I was doing, had a good uh, community over there. Um, so yeah, stayed there for three and a half years. Great experience. Highly recommend to anyone um, that's in a bit of a search and, and wanting to you know, understand themselves a little bit more, but also understand, you know, the world and different cultures. It's, it's very, very powerful. Yeah. Um, you ask a lot of questions in that transition because there's so much new, new, just newness around you, I suppose. Um, so you do ask a lot of questions both internally and externally. So that was really powerful. After that, I, I went home, fell into a corporate job, um, which was great. It was a great experience for me as well. And, you know, over the years, I did that corporate job. I changed from one to another job. And eventually, I was exited from that business and uh, found myself again going, you know, what the hell am I going to do with my life? And I kept connecting to, um, you know, certain elements. And I thought, again, freedom was what I was after. I thought that was the key. And I really started to believe that that's what I didn't have with those corporate gigs. I was, yes, I was making really good money. Uh, yes, you know, the roles and responsibilities, the accountability, the ownership was given to me. And I, I really thrive on that. I think a lot of us do. But there was something missing in those jobs. And and again, I, I came back to saying, well, you know, it's because I didn't have control of my time. Again, I was I was dictated when I was to work and, and how much time I had to pursue my own interests, to 
you know, be with my friends and family to build those relationships, to go out there and, yeah. um, you know, experience, you know, level of growth, et cetera. That independence so, um, point again. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I really connected with that. And that's, I, I spent a lot of the time. Um, it was quite, quite uh, difficult at that time. That was sort of, uh, my late twenties, I suppose, mid to late twenties. And, um, you know, trying to figure it out again. And, and I was looking and searching and saying, well, what can give me that level of freedom where I can, you know, essentially be my own boss of my time. Um, so it, it sounds quite funny. I don't know if a lot of people can relate, but yeah, time is one of those things that I'm, I'm very conscious of and still very conscious of, and it sort of does connect into, to the bigger picture as well. But I kept pursuing that and I actually found real estate. I did a fair bit of research. I was looking to start my own business, mm. uh, but there was a lot of uncertainty around that. Um, and then real estate came across my path and I thought, okay, well, this is a good opportunity. So I, I jumped into real estate and I did, I found that level of freedom. I still worked like a, a trooper, you know, six days a week, um, put my best efforts in all, all that sort of stuff. But at least I had my time back. I could actually, if I wanted to say, yep, I don't need to, you know, work this morning or I can take a longer lunch today, or I can, you know, in the middle of the day, go for a swim uh, to the swimming pool or whatever it might be. I had that um, level of authority over my time back. Yeah. I think that was really important. So, um, yeah. Any, any thoughts there or questions? No, I'm just, uh, I want to keep hearing the story and you're just for understanding you're, you're in Australia when this is going on. Yeah. This yeah. is uh, all in Australia. I'm right. from Cairns originally. Australia's, have you been to Australia? No, I haven't. I just want to make sure you weren't still in Japan. So you did, you returned from Japan back home. Yeah, yeah. sort of not by choice. I actually, um, I decided to leave Japan. I was uh, planning to go. Um, I actually spent uh, three and a bit months traveling through Southeast Asia, backpacking. Um, awesome experience. And I was actually planning to go on and go through India and then go up through Russia and all the way across uh, into Europe. Um, but I got called home for a wedding. And then, you know, found that corporate gig and the corporate gig was really, really, um, yeah, quite rewarding. So it yeah, got couldn't pass it up. Yeah, couldn't pass it up. And then we made a, a transition up into another state of Australia and Queensland for another corporate gig. And um, that didn't turn out as expected. Um, there was a lot yeah. of, you know, things going on there, which I could go into, but it's probably not necessary. Um, look, in real estate, I, I was a, a, a great real estate agent. Um, did it for three years. There was a point where I got to uh, in real estate, and this is where no longer was it freedom that was my concern. It was a level of meaning mm. uh, that was really lacking in my life. And I've always told this story, and there was an accumulation of of probably moments um, in that in that third year, perhaps. But the I was driving along. I actually bought a scooter so I could drive my um, drive and deliver pamphlets. I used to deliver a lot of flyers um, to people's homes. I was a residential sales agent, and I was riding my scooter one day, and I made the most of it. It was, you know, five hours on a scooter delivering flyers is not the ideal way to spend your time, and I don't think anyone no. would um, really find great joy in it. But I plugged in my audio books and listened to podcasts, and um, you know, got a lot of value out of doing that you know it was five hours where i could just really educate myself and be inspired by um really good um, content so i made use of the time but i got to a point where i just i pulled over i remember pulling over to the side of the road and sort of just taking off my helmet i just sat there on my bike and just thought what am i what am i actually doing here you know what what level of significance or meaning does this actually have in my life but everyone else's lives too does it actually serve 
a great purpose. And I, I really couldn't think about it. Like I was here, I was delivering flyers to people's letterboxes. Yeah, it's, you know, they were nice flyers and all that stuff. It was self-promotion. Um, in a lot of ways, it was wasteful because it's a lot of paper. Yeah. Um, you're probably annoying a lot of people because people don't want it. I don't know. That's just the sort of the feeling that I had. And then I looked at it in my future and said, you know, is this something that I can see myself doing? And, and what is the purpose of this? Why, why would I be given this life to live it in this manner? You know, spending a majority of my time doing um, such activities. And that's really for me where I started to really question the why and really started to go, well, you know, what's it all about? Why am I here? What's my purpose? Um, you know, what, what's it all for at the end of the day? And I started to delve deeper and deeper into that thoughts, the lack of meaning in that particular part of my job and saying, well, it's not the freedom so much I'm after. It's something deeper. It's, it's a level of meaning. And, you know, I think that was what I was searching for. Freedom was important, um, but I think more beyond that, and maybe it was just a process, um, there was some level of um, fulfillment and happiness that I was really after. And in doing what I was doing, it wasn't providing me that level of joy. And so that sort of started the search again, and that's where I, I actually took the family away for a few weeks on vacation. I had two young girls at that time. And we were traveling through the, I just remember driving down this big road through a um, pine forest in Tasmania, uh, island down south of Australia here. Yeah. And uh, driving on that road, and I just said, what, am I, what are we doing with our lives? You know, what's this all about? And we've done some value sessions prior to this, my, my wife and I, um, you know, to, to understand, you know, what my values are, what her values are and what our family values are. And as I was driving on that road, I just said, you know, what are we doing? What are we doing with our lives? What's this all for? Um, you know, we both love travel. We're not really happy doing what we're doing. There's a lack of meaning. Um, yeah, we've got a good life, but, you know, do we want to use it in this way? How do we want to best use our time and make sure we make the most of this experience? And uh, we made a decision there, and I was, I was actually surprised because um, she jumped on it straight away. I said, let's just go travel and pack up everything and leave leave this country and, and have a different experience and see where it takes us. And that's what we did. Um, in that moment, we made a decision, and um, from there, it was only a few months. I managed to get a role in Japan, which was just a part-time role, uh, but it got us in the country. Mm. Um, we sold up our house, sold up our cars, sold up pretty much everything. Um, and yes, yeah, started a new life in Japan and we've just only moved back from there wow. um, recently. But yeah, spent two years there and had a great experience and you know, created a lot of meaning. I got to work intensively on The Hidden Why, a lot of episodes, podcasts, writing. I've written a, a, another book, um, which I'm working on publishing this year. Wow. Uh, that's called the ultimate life map. So yeah, lots, lots in that. Um, and I think it's just the, the part of the journey, you know, figuring something out. Um, certainly the hidden why is my passion. It's what gives me meaning. I'll wake up every morning now, um, which is not something I ever would have done in the past. Uh, and it's just because I find a lot of joy, um, both personally, selfishly in, in writing and learning and, and sharing and expressing myself. Uh, but I also find a lot of joy in, in you know, sharing with other people and, and getting the feedback you know, from the audience that listens to a podcast that finds some value in what I say. I think I find that quite rewarding as well. And you know what? I, I always think if I can just touch one person, that's great. And if I can live out my days doing stuff that I enjoy and, and somehow assisting other people, then that's going to be, that's going to be rewarding. You know, at the end of my life, I'm going to be content uh, with that, more content than perhaps delivering flyers to people's letterboxes um, and perhaps there's a balance thing you know perhaps I need to just find a way to balance these things out you 
There's a lot in that. And there's so many things I want to ask you. One thing you said about when you were having that talk with your wife in Tasmania, you were like, you know, we have a good life. But I was thinking it's how we define the word good. So it's not really, I mean, based on where you took it and what you actually wanted to be doing and what you felt was missing, it it wasn't a good life. It was a, a good by the textbook, maybe social norms definition, but but hollow meaningless you know you, you maybe financially and, and that sort of thing it was good but not in the truest sense of the word right and that's what you had that realization yeah. about. Mm. What, one thing that really stands out to me is for a lot of people um people that i've had on the show it's been it's been that pivotal moment where they were sort of forced into waking up you know some tragedy or some some major event and for you that's not what happened you're you know you're on the scooter delivering these pamphlets, these flyers. And yes, I will say as a recipient of many of those, they are super annoying. So I'm glad that you, <laughs> I'm glad that you, you wondered about that. Um, but what, what do you think it was that made you just sort of have that wake up? Like, what am I doing? Cause a lot of people would just continue on that sort of mindless, you know, do the work, get the paycheck, live the life and don't question it. What made you without being, you know, no one put a gun to your head. What made you wake up? Yeah, it's a really hard question because, again, I, d- I didn't have that one moment. Um, you know, I didn't have that tragedy. And I think, you know, a lot of people do have that that moment, that tragedy, but I believe more people don't. More people are living their lives. And I, I think for me it purely became from questioning, you know, what I was doing, what this was all about. And, and that's always been something that's been with me, you know, the ability to question things and try figure out, um, what, what it's all about. What is this reality? Um, try create that understanding. I'm compassionate. So I guess that, that triggers that questioning and curiosity, yeah. um, within me. So I've always asked those questions and, you know, I'll, I'll listen to anything. And my, my friends that are closest to me often comment on my openness and ability to listen and take on others' opinions and perspectives without judgment, without criticism. And, you know, even, if I don't agree with it, just going, okay, well, that's an interesting perspective. And then going away and trying to reflect on that. Yeah. That's always been with me. I think it came more and more personally um, as I was transitioning through life. And for me, it might be a pessimistic way to look at the world, but I just look at the reality that we're living in today. It's, there's a lot of great things in, in this world. Um, we've come so far, but at the same time, there is so much suffering that's, you know, a cause of the way we do things, the way society has been created, the system that we're living in. Uh, if I look at my own life, you know, there was a point in time where um, just when we had our, our first child, my wife was working 50 hours a week. I was doing six days in real estate. Mm. Um, it was quite busy and I just thought, you know what, how's that life of my girl going to be if, if both her parents are working all these hours at a crucial time? It just didn't make much sense. And as I looked at at my wife's paycheck and her stress, you know, she'd come home, she'd do all the stuff that you typically do around the house as well. We both didn't have time for each other. We both didn't have much time for our daughter. I just, it didn't make sense to me. I said, this, this can't be the way we're supposed to be doing this. You know, it's it's not the right experience to be having. And um, fortunately we did make a move and, and, you know, we had those conversations and looking at her financials, uh, by the time we took out, you know, the money for tax, et cetera, from her wage alone, uh, paid for daycare, there was there was only a minimal amount left, essentially, yeah. um, that we were getting from, you know, her work efforts. And I thought, is that is that actually worth the time that you're losing from our daughter? And, and if we can't both be there for it, wouldn't it be good if one of us just could spend more time with her? And 
you know, that's the movement we wanted to make. We wanted to have that because we're, we're one of our values is family. We want to have that strong bond with our family. Um, fortunately enough now, I do work quite a bit. I love working, so that's not a problem for me. I don't like being away from my family, but at least my wife now, she works on a part-time basis but can spend a lot more time here with our girls. And I think that's really important for us. It may not be for everyone, but if I look around us, uh, I, th I think it is. You know, I think both people seem to be working in relationships. Um, you look at divorce rates, they're higher than ever before. Um, you look at a lot of the things that are happening in our society, uh, it's because we're losing that connection with one another as a family unit, as a tribe, as a community. And I think that's causing a lot of a lot of additional suffering. And when we're when we're broken from those relationships and that sense of belonging from um, from that sense of community, what we typically do is look for behaviors that gives us that that sense of greater pleasure. You know, we look um, for that stimulation um, that can take us away from that sense of pain or suffering that comes from these fundamental uh, feelings in our life, that lack of relationships, that lack of belongingness, as I said. So then we go out and seek these other behaviors and we're surrounded by it. I mean, we, we just pick up our phone and we can get dopamine hits from, you know, pr um, pressing on the notifications. We can go out there and have a party. You know, there's so many ways to, to get that sense of pleasure that distracts us um, from the current reality we're living rather than actually dealing with it. Now, if it takes a tragedy for us to wake up, great. But the thing is that I see is that there is no tragedy for a lot of that's happening. Um, it might happen at some time, like a midlife crisis, but typically there's not. Um, so what I want to do is help really push this message out there and say, look, guys, there is another way. Um, it's going to take time. It's going to take a bit of hard work. It's going to be uncertain. It's going to be scary. Um, but look, if you can if you can figure it out and find a way to bring balance and harmony to your life where you can actually do the things you want to do, do stuff that you love doing, be with the people you want to be with and, and take care of your health at the same time. Yeah. Isn't that a better life to, to live than going through life, both working, both stressed, doing stuff for ourselves that really don't do us any favors in the long run and getting to then going, how did I actually experience this life? Um, and having that level of regret, you know, I mean, the, the, the most common regret of the dying is that they actually didn't live a life that they wanted. They live a life um, by what everyone else expected of them. Yeah. And, you know, if that is the case, which I believe it probably is, it's going to continue unless someone else is out there. You know, there's more people like you. There's more other people out there, you know, encouraging people to just say, hey, you know, wake up, have a look at it. Don't be scared. You're not alone. Um, we all go through this. What else can there be? You know, what else can we do? And I think, you know, that's that's what we did. I mean, we we, we took up the courage to sell up and, and sell our house and we didn't know where it was taking us. But we knew if we continued on that trajectory, both, you know, working in this life where I didn't have a sense of meaning, you know, there wasn't much um, meaning for both of us, I suppose, in their life, where would we be? Why not take that that um, that risk and, and go after it and see what happens? And uh, nothing bad came from it, thankfully. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're still here and, and now we're, we're still, you know, we're still asking the questions. Well, what's next for us? You know, where are we going to go from here? Yeah. Um, I've certainly got my, you know, visions and passions with, with the hidden why. Um, but we're a family unit as well, and that's important to to keep that in check. And who knows? It might mean we we pack up and travel again, or we might just settle here and and you know do what we do what we can. There's there's so many things that I'm writing down as you're talking that I want to dig into. But one of the the key things, and and I asked you the question about not having that moment of misery or that you know extreme situation. Um, obviously, knowing that you didn't get you got here, this is a lot of the pushback that I get from people who are sort of stuck in that spiral of misery that you're describing. You know, we just 
day in, day out, you know, you, you do the mindless thing of picking up your smartphone and just sort of getting lost in it and, and seeking the kinds of behaviors and stimuli that actually take us further down the path instead of, uh, you know, to a place of better, to a place of reconnecting, of meaning. Um, and, and the pushback I get from people is, well, I haven't had that kind of wake up moment. So I can't, you know, I can't change. And yeah. you're exactly proven. And a lot of people on the, that I have on the show are these people who have these like major wake up moments, but you're, you're living a life that would imply you went through some huge, you know, turnaround or, or some huge tragedy and you didn't. And yet you've gotten to this place. So that's when I tell people like, yes, you can get there. You just have to be willing to. You just have to be willing to ask. You have to be willing to probe. You have to be willing to challenge and, and get uncomfortable. And, and you're, you know, you're proof positive that you can absolutely get there. And, and as you said, like you, you took those leaps and somehow, you know, nothing horrible happened. You guys are still all alive and thriving and building a, a life of better yeah. for yourselves and helping other people do the same. So that's really beautiful. I think if you look at it, you know, look at my life, it, it's been a really long journey. And a lot of people, um, whether they're just starting out or not, may, may forget this. But um, And it's still going, you know. I'm still learning. I'm still changing. I'm still um, trying to figure things out. Um, but I look back and when that journey started, my personal uh, development journey is really where it all started to change. Um, and the only reason why I got into that is because I had a brother who was in a hard spot at the time. And he started listening to this podcast and said, hey, listen to this podcast. Um, you might actually enjoy it. And I thought, what's a bloody podcast? I had no idea. And so I started listening to that podcast and started going, okay, this is pretty cool. You know, it makes sense. And um, started just learning more from that and uh, progressively um, just transform my um, from listening to that podcast and start to ask more questions, start to really connect internally um, to what I wanted. There's, a, um, there's an 18th century philosopher. Um, his name is Immanuel Kant. He wrote a paper on what is enlightenment. Um, now, I don't know, everyone's probably got their own definition of this, but I would say enlightenment is to be able to live in a, in a greater state of peace in the moment, regardless of any um, pleasure or you know, pain um, that might exist with that moment. Um, and really it's about, as Immanuel Kant says, it's about freeing ourselves from our self-incurred immaturity. And I really, I really loved when I read that freeing ourselves from our self-incurred immaturity. And if I looked at everything that's happened in the last 10 years, everything that's happened in my life, that's caused me some sense of unease, dissatisfaction, suffering, whatever it might be. Um, and I harp on these words a lot and people find it maybe a little bit negative and off-putting, but it's so true. Um, if we look at those moments in our life where we've experienced that, it usually is um, because of our self-incurred immaturity. Uh, and what that means is that we we haven't yet become the master of our life. We haven't yet become our, our, our greatest leader or the greatest guide in our life. We rely too much on our external reality to guide mm -hmm. us rather than what's within. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, we are you know defined by our environment and, and all that sort of stuff. But there's a lot of opportunity for us to actually connect with it and go, hang on, what do I really want? What's this about for me? And really taking ownership of our life. And I think... Um, as society progresses, I feel that this is actually not happening more. Maybe I hope it is, but I feel that we're becoming more and more reliant on our governments, on our councils, on our communities to give us that guidance rather than just saying, hang on, this is my life. I'm going to take ownership for this. I'm accountable for this life. What do I want? And really 
you know, connecting with that and then using that as your guide. Stop relying on everything else like I did when I left high school, you know. I was uncertain, yeah, but I'd rather than looked within, I actually looked externally and said, well, what's everyone else doing? Oh, yeah, well, that looks like the right paths to take. Yeah. There is a path that is only yours um, and that will only come if you're your guide, not using someone else as your guide in life. And I think that's, yeah, that's a big part of the problem as well. We're all out there looking for other people to guide us. And that's why we're finding this lack of meaning. That's why I, you know, ran into this lack of meaning in my life because I was purely being guided by everyone else. I mean, I had a vision board. I remember when I first started in personal development, I created a vision board and I had this car on the wall and the house and all that sort of stuff. And really, if I look at it now, that was the only reason why that stuff was there is because I was looking around me and I was being guided by everyone else around me. I didn't put up the things that I wanted there, like a, you know, just a house in nature somewhere with a, a desk so I could just write. I didn't have that picture there. I had a picture of a car and I've never been a car guy. Um, so it just you know, doesn't really make a lot of sense. And that's, I think the path there is to really find that, that level of immaturity where you can really guide your life from an internal standpoint rather than, you know, looking around you for that external guidance. Yeah. Well, that's really interesting on the car part, not just because I am a car guy. I'm not harping on it, but the fact that you don't even care about cars and, and a car was one of the things on the board. And, you know, as I said, I am a car guy. I still wouldn't put one on the board, even though I do love cars. And, it, you know, <laughs> if, if I could have any car in the world, actually, I don't really care. I still probably wouldn't because if I was in that place, there are so many other things that I would much rather have and know that I could have without any pressure or, you know, financial concern because I just dropped a quarter million dollars or whatever on some fancy car. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, I, I, that blows me away that like there's all these things on your vision board that, yeah, are absolutely societally or for, you know, some other external reason placed there, not because you stop to think about what you truly care about, what you truly wish for. And, and look at the place where you've come now. I think there's, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot in that. And I think, I mean, a lot of us, you know, do that. We're, we're guided externally and, um, you know, it might take us a while to connect with it. I think, you know, it's fine. I'd love, I still like the look of cars. Like I'd love to have a Jaguar one day, um, you know, cause I think they're pretty sexy, but um, it's, it's not really the priority. And I yeah. think that's that was the problem. I was I was being directed so much externally, and I had no connection internally with what I was doing. And that's where the the why comes from is you know connecting within, finding your why, finding your purpose. Um, and there's there's a lot more to this story um, that we could we could talk about, but it's really about that. And that's a, it's a big process. I've created the ultimate life map, um, which is a guide to helping people do that. Um, so if they're interested, they can certainly find out more uh, through that process as well. Um, but there is a a term that says be, do, and have. I don't know if you've, you've heard of that. No, before. be, do, and have. Yeah, be, do, and have. I'm just writing it as I say. Uh, a lot of us um, do this in reverse. Um, we go have, do, and then be. Mm. Um, so we go out there and we look for what we, we want and we try and get that. That's a, the have might be that car uh, and then we do things to attain that um, so that might be a job mm -hmm. potentially we may not enjoy pays us good money to have what we want to have and then we find ourselves in a state of being um, and that state of being is a result of what we have and what we do mm. uh, and we should really look at it in reverse and go well how do I actually want to be in my life what do I need to do and have 
to exist in that state of being. And that's what I think it really comes down to. And if you really can connect with that and say, well, how do you want to be? You know, if, if all else didn't matter, how would you like to see your life? And then, okay, well, is that really that unrealistic? It's probably not. You know, I found really the process of my personal transformation has been a, a process of minimalization. I've, I've gotten rid of a lot of the stuff, mm. the stuff that I had um, that I didn't need, had no actual purpose to how I want to be. The stuff that I was doing that was just a clutter of, of doing things for the sake of being busy that was actually not important. And you look, you know, the Pareto principle, the 80-20 rule, um, 80% of what we do gives us 20% of the results. And if you look at the level of joy in your life, 80% of what you do probably only brings you 20% of the joy. Um, you know, so it, it was just about refiguring out what I wanted to to be. And then from doing that, I could actually become really purposeful and get rid of a lot of the, the clutter in my life, both in what I did and what I had. And, um, you know, I look at my life in Japan, man, I had a desk and a chair and a computer and I could do the stuff that really brought me joy. I was surrounded by nature so I could get out there as much as I could. Um, you know, I could, I had my family there. I worked, you know, extremely hard on the hidden wine part-time in another role, but I had the ownership over my life where I could actually wake up every morning and have breakfast. I made breakfast for my girls every morning and had breakfast with them. Um, you know, I could really be there uh, for the family. So that was really important and that's how I wanted to be. And, you know, it was it wasn't that I needed all this other stuff. It was just that I need to figure out how I want to be. Yeah, I, I think that's a beautiful way of turning the norm around. And, you know, when you talk about simplifying your life and selling everything off and, and moving and pursuing what you really care about, so many people, when they hear a story like that, they immediately go into this, uh, this place of, oh, I, you know, but I can't do that or that, you know, that's ridiculous. So that's irresponsible. He had kids at home. What, you know, giving up your income and all that. And, and yet it worked out and you yeah. tend to hear that. And for the people who it's not working out a lot of times, then they find another way to sustain themselves. You know, they, they do go back to work or maybe you work part time. So it's not a full on going to zero. Um, but it's interesting that when you give up all of the have that was dictating your life before and you move to a life of be and you let that be the starting point, it does work out. Mm. And, and all of these, oh, I can't and, you know, maybe for him but not for me, it's just because you've latched on to the have side of it because you're framing yeah. your whole life from that place. And you know what? If, if you're going to continue down that path, it won't work out because it can't. Because you're you're a complete slave to all of those things that you know all the have in your life. Exactly, and it takes a lot of work to then try and try and get rid of it. But that's I think what a lot of us have to do, hey? Yeah, yeah, and and pursuing the have, of course, means that you typically are in a lot of debt. So then you do have to keep doing the things that you don't want to do because you get to service that debt. You have to keep paying it off. Um, so it does become a vicious cycle, and and it's no wonder that we get in that sort of misery spiral where we don't do anything that we actually care about because we can't afford to with the life that we've created. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's, that's a lot of people say that's the result of capitalism and consumerism. They keep us in this, in this trap. Um, but you know, it's our choice to, you know, see yeah, it and, exactly. and walk out of that if, if that's the case. And yeah, yeah, it is. It's, you know, you've got mortgages, you've got responsibilities, all that sort of stuff. Um, but there is, you know, it's, it's progress. It takes time, but you can do it. You can, you can figure it out. And it's amazing uh, how, how simple and beautiful life is with, without all that stuff and being able to do what you enjoy. You know, I remember once I was just jogging in Japan past these rice paddies and I had this, just 
this beautiful moment of um, joy. I just thought this is um, unbelievable how I feel right now. Um, and I didn't have any of that stuff, you know, that most people would prize as, as great possessions. I didn't have any of that. Yeah. Um, I just had a really simple life where I could do what I wanted to and connect with those people. And yeah, it's great. It's awesome. So Lee, in, in, uh, in a short, somewhat short form, what is your hidden why? Cause you, you spent so much time discovering it. What is it that really matters to you? It's, it's probably a number of things. And I think we've, we've touched on most of them. Uh, right now, um, look again. The things that matter to me most is to be able to help other people, uh, including myself and my family. I think that's really important to keep um, that that journey going for myself, to keep growing, to keep progressing, and in doing so, assisting others around me in my life um, to you know uh, help help enjoy their life more. I really am passionate about dissolving the suffering in my life. And those that um, you know would like my support, so that's why the, the podcast exists. But even family around me as well about doing that. Um, so that's that's really the, the crux of my my hidden why is to you know alleviate the suffering so we can move into a deeper state of joy in this life and for every moment that, that comes. And um, yeah, just to to have have a lot of meaning there. Where it's going to take me, it will continue to change. It will continue to progress. I'll continue to ask questions and figure things out. Um, and yeah, as we do, hopefully we can, we can help each other and, and shift the society. I'd love to, to, you know, create more movement, um, in my local communities, at least where I can actually share this with people and, and give people the courage to say, you know, there is a lot to this life that we have to be grateful for. And uh, hopefully I can help people live a greater experience. I think that'd be quite rewarding for me and, um, you know, beneficial for others too. That's a very altruistic purpose. And, uh, you know, you, you use the word compassion a few times, so I would understand why you would have something that's more externally focused and, and altruistic in nature. And I get the self-reward from that. But I, I want to ask you specifically is what's your view on self-compassion and where do you think you fall in that spectrum? Yeah, probably um, a part of the reason why I'm so compassionate is because um, perhaps I need to show myself more self-compassion. Um, sometimes I look at things like that. Um, yeah, but for my own self-compassion, yeah, I, I want to keep just improving myself. I mean, that's why this journey started in the first place is because I, I was sick of, um, you know, certain aspects of my life. I was sick of certain behaviours that I had. Um, and, you know, I wanted more with my time. I wanted more fulfilment in what I was doing. Um, so a lot of it is, you know, what I do is, is very much um, self-compassion. It's not selfish at all. It's really about you know, being kind to myself and making sure that I'm doing the most I can for myself to, to live a good quality of life. And in doing that, I can help others better as well. That's beautiful. Um, I could keep asking you questions forever, but I, I want to respect your time for sure. So what, where's, uh, where's the best place for people to start to dig into more of this work to find the, the ultimate life map, your books, you know, what's, where can people connect with you and, and listen to the podcast too. You, you gotta be somewhere around 600 episodes at this point or more, right? Yeah. Coming close. Yeah. yeah. Um, look, yeah, people can connect with me at the hidden So the hidden I have a yeah number of podcasts there and blogs, et cetera, et cetera. So you can browse through that. Needs a fair bit of work actually because I need to start categorizing some of it because of the, the amount of content. This is there. So much, yeah. 
Uh, so, yeah, one thing at a time. But, look, check it all out there. Um, you can jump on the ultimatelifemap.com as well. Um, depending on when you're listening to this episode, that site should still be available uh, for my book, and hopefully the book will be close to being published by that stage as well. Um, so, you know, check that out. Um, grab a copy of the book. Um, look, for me, the book, I, there's a ton of value in it. It is the ultimate life map. It shares um, the process of connecting with your why and um, and how to use that to follow the path forward as it matters to you. Um, so it's there. Yeah, there's a lot of lot of gold in the book, uh, but the book is also for a good cause as well. Look, I don't I don't plan to profit from the book. Really, I want to use all the funds that come from that to help a charity in Uganda, um, which is a school project that I've been supporting for the last 12 months. Um, so yeah, I want to you know do more to help that community. Um, so do support support me and support the book uh, for those couple of reasons. Um, other than that, man, yeah, just reach me. The best way to reach me is via email, which is available at thehiddenwire.com as well. That's great. That's um, really beautiful purpose on on the book side as well. That's a pretty incredible view. Is that something uh, we could share with the listeners as well, where to if they choose to also support above and beyond buying the book? Is is that something that they could do? If uh, if there's a link, I can obviously put that in the show notes as well. The project, yeah. Yeah, look, it's the the school is called Greenfield Kids. Uh, it's in Uganda. You'll be able to find the website. It's Rob, His name's Robert. Um, doing amazing work. Got a big vision himself. And um, I connected with him because I was looking for something to do with the book. Because, look, for me, um, I've written the book. It's it's fully written. It needs a good editor to, to go through it and um, nut some things out. But... For me, the the joy is in writing. Uh, the joy is in in the in the content of the book, and if I can release that to people and people can read it, that's more than enough for me. Yeah. Um. You know, as I said, I'm a minimalist guy, so you know, I'm sure there's there's you know, if there's a lot of value in there, then then good things come from that as well. But, um, you know, that's the real joy for me. And then if I can use it to not only help the individuals that read the book, but then give back, um, to a community that I think is you know really important as well, giving these kids in these third world countries that don't have the opportunities that we have. This is sort of my thought around it anyway. Um, you know, because here in the West, we we take so much for granted. I mean, we've got so much opportunity around us. These kids over there don't, you know, they they just don't have that circumstance that we, um, you know, should be grateful for. Yeah. Um, so if I can, you know, try and give back to them and help support Robert with his project, you know, giving them a better life, then, then that's sort of, yeah, killing two birds with one stone, I suppose. Yeah, beautiful. That's I, your mentality in the book. Is I fully subscribe to that. That's the same approach I took with mine. If there's value in it, it will change lives. It will have an impact, and that's the purpose of it. It's not to make a buck. That you know that that sort of stuff is not that shouldn't be the driving factor in anything of purpose. That's again, that's the have first, right? It's not the be. What's the be first? Yeah. Lee, thank you so much for your time. It's uh, it's a really beautiful story and inspiring for people to recognize that you really can do this. It's a choice to put that work in. Um, it, it's it's all up to us and, and your proof that, yeah, it does work out and it can be quite an impactful, purposeful life, which is just such a better way to live. So thank you for sharing all that with us. It's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Thank you for having me on and allowing me to share my story. It's awesome. That's great. And uh, people can start right now because today is a new day. Go out and do it. Awesome. 
Thank you, Lee. Thanks, Brian. What a cool story, right? I don't know if it's the uh, like the moped or motorcycle riding around and having an epiphany there, or the things that he just kind of he just like jumped and, and went for it, and uh, you know, even with a family, like he he took the plunge. That's really inspiring. And look, we can't all do that, or we may think we can all do that. It is hard. It is harder for some of us than for others. But I think Lee is a really good example of the fact that you actually can pursue what you're most passionate about. And if it's genuine and real and you care about it and you're committed to it, things have a very good chance of working out. But the only way you'd know is if you try. And that's pretty inspiring. So I'm really thankful that I got to have Lee Martinuzzi on the show to share his story with you. It was a bit of inspiration to take for that. And, um, ah, you know, it, it, I think it has people asking, like, what's the why inside of me? And the hidden part is interesting, right? Is it quiet inside of you? Is it hidden from others? Or is it even hidden from you? And I think for a lot of people, having not done that introspective work yet, it may still be hidden even from you. So it's worth doing that exploration, maybe challenging yourself, challenging yourself to get a bit uncomfortable, or more accurately, stop being uncomfortable or in, in the things that are making you uncomfortable and pursue what you really want. Really interesting perspective on life. Check out thehiddenwhy.com, leemartinutzi.com. Learn more about him. And of course, head over to doadaybook.com. You can find out all kinds of things about Do A Day. You can get the book. You can get articles. You can check out more episodes of the podcast. You can subscribe. Um, or you can head over, head over to... Or you can head over to brianfalchuk.com and find out what's going on with me. And, uh, of course, you can follow me on social media at brianfalchuk. And um, yeah, I can't wait to hear from everyone. And I hope that episodes like this are impacting you and helping you on your journey. And if you need that little bit of extra help, you should go to doadaybook.com slash the exercise. Download that starter and get yourself going down the road. All right. We're going to leave it there because... You need to go out and do it, right? The time to sit and listen is over. Now it's time to act. So it's a new day. Go out and do it. Thanks, everyone.